0: I love it. I love it. One second. Give give me a second. Okay.
1: Hello and welcome to Purple Pod, the Liberty Rep podcast with me, Madeline. And
0: me, Bronte. The Purple Pod dives into the ever-changing world of theatre headfirst. Speaking with industry professionals and -and up-and-coming writers, directors and performers, we're looking to have a little bit of a chat and transform your ideas about what a podcast about theatre can be. Today's guests are Dare to Know Theatre, Destiny Theatre consists of writer and actor Jake Talbot and director Miranda Parker. Dedicated to working with the local community, Jake and Miranda have committed to make work for their hometown of Oldham, currently working closely with Oldham Coliseum. Jake's debut play, Drowning, directed by Miranda, toured Manchester and Huddersfield during the summer of 2020. Similar to us, they've been developing their company and work during the pandemic. We are very excited to be talking to them today. Miranda and Jake, welcome to the Purple
2: Ford. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're
0: great. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I could just see you both pissing yourselves. You're like, oh, all the things we've done. It was a
2: really professional introduction. Yeah,
0: it was, was lovely. <laughs> we do try. We yes. aim for quality.
1: Some people actually have to turn the cameras off because they're just laughing so much because it's so like, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I nearly start laughing when I'm reading it out. Our friend Sophia was just like, no, and just turned it off. We could, we came back on the screen. We were like, where has she gone? She was just <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, both of you. Um, So, our first question that we often ask to everyone who pops on How have you been finding lockdown, and what have been some things that have been your saving grace during this time?
3: I think our saving grace was the fact that we just started. So as a theatre company, we literally had just started our first our launch night was in February. Mm. So we were very excited at the beginning of the year. And I think that enthusiasm for what we were doing and what, what our plans were over the year kind of kept us going. And even though when lockdown started to happen, we're like, oh, it'll be over in June. Oh, it'll be over in July. Oh, it'll be over there. And we we honestly didn't think it would last so long, so we always had something to kind of look forward to, really.
2: And I think just always having a goal throughout it to to try and get something going. It was like for the first month I was like, "All right, I'm just not doing anything" because you just don't know what's going to happen. But then just try after that, just trying to have a goal of something that you could work to.
3: And we also had because we had drowning, uh, which is the one man show, uh, which we managed to actually get performed. We actually always had that in the back of our minds, like, we need to start rehearsing this. (laughs) We need to start rehearsing this. Maybe we should start. But we actually had that. So when we kind of knew that lockdown was coming to an end in September, that's when we could start rehearsing Drowning. And we definitely knew we had some dates booked in from October onwards. Um, So um, that gave us a little bit of a goal to work towards, even though most of them got cancelled. We still (laughs) managed to do two performances, which is kind of a pretty... Pretty good miracle, really. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it was so interesting to see how theaters set up differently, having to social distance and having to set all the new measurements out for people getting in and out. Like to perform in like that scenario, that was really interesting.
3: And also, me and Jake were able to have a little bit of a bubble going on because um, Jake's single. But <laughs> just putting it out there for people, just in case they're interested. But it actually, um, because he was single, it meant that we could actually bubble up over the lockdown period, which was great. It's not, don't feel sorry for him, it's his own fault. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm it sure really he's got plenty is. of others.
3: But um, it meant that we could sort of have like frequent catch ups, and um, we, we released The Lighthouse, didn't mm. we? Which, which was good fun for both of us just to work on. I think that kept us going at the very beginning of the year, didn't it? Mm. Even though we weren't very happy with the (laughs) the end products that we produced. But it was a nice experience for us and it meant that we knew that we could write together as well as um, as well as sort of put on shows and events and things like that. We were able to sit together and write, which was like a big test, I think. I think that's as a new company, I think you get to your enthusiasm gets you so far but actually you need to know whether you can work with each other. And I think over lockdown, we found that we could definitely work with each other. Generally over a beer. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. It's just, there's something so beautiful about about your friendship, because I'm like, I'm sure me and Matt are the same, because we've we've been going for like five years. And I think there's that level of trust that you get when you're working with each other, which is why like Liberty Rep, we were like, okay, let's do some work because work will keep us safe, Um, And you have such a great, relationship obviously you bubbled up together and um, how did you first start out working together and how did it develop
3: to become this theatre company? Me and Jake have known each other for about five years. Um, first of all it sounds really weird saying it. Why? I don't what? know.
2: Well, it depends what you're gonna
3: it, say. <laughs> Jake was my student at college oh, so yeah. yeah it sounds a bit strange seeing <laughs> But we we weren't actually that close at college were we when you were a student there no, I hated he, you. yeah he was a bit <laughs> lazy and uh <laughs> but um i think in the summer when we, we we randomly bumped into each other at a festival at kendall uh and kendall carlin in the summer holidays as it were and then we just got talking about theater didn't we and we've mm. got so many similar views like really it was one of those conversations that lasts for about five hours <laughs> and like you know, please let me carry on talking to you, don't go. Yeah. Yeah. And then from then onwards, we've worked together on, a, I, I did a, like a student finance tour. So Jake took part in that, but it was about two years ago and we're at another festival. <laughs> but festivals are integral to our, yeah, <laughs> integral to our relationship. And uh, Jake went, oh, I've written a play. I went, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I says, yeah, let me have a read. And uh, it was brilliant. It was really good. And that was drowning. And then from drowning, I sort of, after reading it, I said, look, the Coliseum are looking for associate artists. Why don't we get together, put in for, you know, put in to be an associate artist at the Coliseum? And we were absolutely punching way above, you know, <laughs> yeah. our weight. Do you know what I mean? It was just, uh, we realised that uh, even the name of the theatre company was shocking. <laughs> we were called Warm, Hard and Hearty. <laughs> But on the back of Jake's play, basically, I think Chris Lawson read read a couple of pages at least. (laughs) And he kind of invited us in and we had a chat and everything like that. And he said, I'm not going to offer you an associate company, but do you want to put the play on? So Mm -hmm. he said, fantastic. So from that booking, which allowed us then to sort of, launched the company in February and then we had that booking to look forward to, which was the start of a tour for Drowning.
2: And to develop a tour around that booking, really.
3: Yeah. And it just gave us the opportunity, sort of, when we were thinking about what sort of company we want to form and who we want to be and how we want to, how we want to work, our views are really similar, Joe, yeah. in regards to...
2: The community um, and the, yeah. the people that we want to work with and the people that we want to support and the people that we find interesting. Right? The people that we find interesting are the people that we grew up with in Oldham. Like Oldham's got such a rich culture and community. Let's support that community. Let's get that community back into the theatres regularly. And how can we do that?
3: Yeah, theatre's been a massive part of both our lives, mm. hasn't it? I've been involved in theatre from uh, from about the age ten. Um, obsessed with it, and, you know, Oldham Theatre Workshop, ta- that type of thing, and I've worked in the industry all my life in some way or the other, but never had the courage to do anything by myself. <laughs> but but I look, but and I've lived away from Oldham as well, and I come back to Oldham to sort of to live and work. And there's something really special about the place that we live in, and their attitude towards theatre. I think at one point Oldham is supposed to have something like 25 theatres in it. Do you know what I mean, it was a huge theatrical town. And there's so many famous actors and people come from, you know, come from Oldham. And it seems to have been dwindling a lot recently. And that's something that we've, we really questioned why. Yeah. Um, really, it's the, it's, the, it's the poverty trap that a lot of people are in in Oldham that prevents them from going to the theatre. And we want to do something about that. Obviously, we can't change people's
2: view on theatre. Well, we can in some ways, but can't, you can't force people to come into the theatre if they don't feel engaged with the theatre. Like, it's got to be within their price remit. A lot of people in Oldham, it's got to be cheaper than a night out at the pub.
3: That was in our manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) Can we make theatre? It's more enjoyable than going to the pub on a a Friday night. (laughs) But people have got 30, probably might have 30 pounds to spend on the night out at the end of the week, if that. And if you book a theatre ticket, that's that's gonna cost that whole, that 30 pounds. Whereas what we want is people to to take that 30 pounds, maybe go to have something to eat, come and watch the theatre and have a few pints at the end of the night. And that's the type of of, of, um, people that we want to come and see our shows. So that's what our sort of aim is with Dare to Know is to make theatre accessible for the people in Oldham, but also to make it for and about them, really.
1: That was so lovely. I mean, I love that in, that's in, in your manifesto um, that you want to make the a cheaper than a, <laughs> a trip to the pub. I absolutely love that. Um, it's clear, like from what you were saying, that oldham is somewhere... Uh, someone you hold really, really close to your heart um, and someone that's really special to you. What is so special about Oldham for you? I mean, I know it is a very special place. I've been, I loved it. Um, but what, in your opinion, what is so special about Oldham and, and why did you want to um, give back to your community? I think
2: that's something that we're still trying to work out for ourselves. What, what makes our hometown so great? It might just be the nostalgia of growing up there, but alden has got such a rich history like a history that you can't even fathom. And then the diversity of the culture is so fascinating. And that comes with its own issues, especially with regards to theatre and getting people engaged with theatre. But hopefully that's something that we can do in getting those people engaged with theatres as much as possible. I don't know, that's something that we're trying to figure out and that we're doing a community project um, in Aldham in July. And that's gonna be something that they're gonna try and answer in, in that community project. What is so great about Oldham? Why do people in Oldham, the first thing they want to do is leave when, when they get the chance? <laughs> and how can we make those people stay and realize that Oldham is great?
3: We've fed, also fed up of, I don't know whether you've ever seen the newspaper articles, it's like it's, Oldham's always in the top 10 lists of places <laughs> yeah. like you, where you don't want to want to live. I think it was, what did they say? It resembles
2: oh, a... It, Oldham is like the rest of the country's nuclear testing facility.
3: Whenever you see all the, you know the the, the social media around here, you read it, and all you hear is, "Oh, it's shit here. It's crap. It's shit. It's shit." Mm. And actually, it, it's beautiful. Literally, I live in the middle of Royton, which is a town, I have a five minute walk and I'm in the middle of the countryside. We've got it's hills amazing. all around us, yeah. you know, we've got access to the most beautiful countryside and also the facilities in Oldham It's great, we've got theaters we've got libraries, we've got, you know, and, and people, I don't think, I think people are so used to being told that it's a crap place to be, that, that now they just, they automatically just say that. Yeah. It's a shithole, you don't want to live there. Well, actually it's a lovely place and, and and we don't want to go anywhere else i don't think you want to go anywhere do you don't no. go. <laughs> <laughs> what would that be if you went well the one of the reasons why we eventually got our names is uh Oldham's but is it the arms when they do the the arms yeah yeah the motto on it is, is Dare to learn, uh, or translated to dare to know. So that's one of the reasons why we actually eventually came up with a decent name. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's exciting for that a town has got that as their as their sort of motto. You know, mm. dare to learn. It's so exciting. You know, and that, that's what it should be about. And I think back in the day, because it was this centre of the industri- industrial cotton revolution, it, that, you know, it was massive, and it, and because it was so huge, people came from far and wide across the world to live in Oldham and I think that's what makes it really culturally, culturally in- interesting but unfortunately there's a lot of segregation in, in Oldham as well mm. and I think that's something really interesting that we've talked about so much so much so much and, and why is
2: it that there's that segregation in Oldham
3: Yeah, and and to be fair, there's no major issues. It's not like people are out in the street hurting each other. Everybody's quite happy in their own little worlds, but that's something that we really want to sort of Mm. explore, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: I think also, like, if you're making work and you're focused on, like, pride on your own town, people are going to feel pride on on their own town, and there's such a lovely thing about that. Um, Like, I'm from Withenshaw, which is a lovely shithole to everyone who has lived there. And there's something about your work, Stu, and it's focused on real people in the lives that they lead, whether they like living there or not, working out why. And it's very clear that you've got this goal, it's in your manifesto. How did that goal change or adapt when the big fat
2: Rona hit? I don't know. I think the main thing for us through the lockdown was just to keep going. To it was so, it would have been so easy just at the start of Dead to No Theater to just
3: uh, we tried it. It's it, fate yeah, telling us yeah. not to do it.
2: <laughs> but it was just to keep going and keep having something in the pipeline to where it was. And I don't think the manifesto changed that much. What we want to do that much, it meant the opportunities to do that were lessened. And we had to maybe set for not doing for doing a project.
3: I think it might have given us a lot of time and a lot of headspace to get our head around who we we are. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And what the sort of I mean, we, we just talked about that this morning. We're we, we're doing um we've been commissioned by the Coliseum written, well, Jake's written a play called A A Broken Family Together. And we're in the process, it's gonna get filmed on Saturday, and we had the read-through last night. And um, I was saying that even though it's a verbatim piece it is a dare to it's so dare to know and it, it's yeah. so so uh familiar to what we do so you've got drowning you've got smoking shelter you've got now broken home together and actually it's about storytelling yeah each one of those is a, is just a base the most basic form of storytelling mm. um but it's about real people yeah. and with real lives and everything like that and i think we found out who dare to know is? Does that make sense? Yeah. And and that's what I think that's what the lockdown gave us. It gave us lots of time to chummer about stuff. Yeah. And to find where we agreed and where we met as people, um, and also where we're going to go in the future. Yeah, and I think it,
2: this project especially echoes the future, the work that we want to make in the future. Mm-hmm. Like this is the perfect kind of project for us that kind of this is our statement piece in a way that yeah. this is the work that we want to make in the future yeah. that tells that story of people in Alden,
3: and like with the community project that we've got coming up with it's now working towards a style of theatre rather than just uh, we don't you know we want to make a community piece it's got to be, actually <laughs> yeah. yeah it could be about anything yeah. <laughs> now we know who we are what our style is and what we're looking to create um, so it just gives us that sort of um, a pointer in the right direction to be, when we're beginning pieces really as well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. I think.
1: So you mentioned then about um, the micro commission that Oldham Coliseum have um, commissioned. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because that sounds really, really exciting.
2: Well, I think it was you that you've got um, a contact at the Oldham Hospital who's a good friend of Miranda's mm. and... Miranda had an idea to make of a bait and play about the best idea. <laughs> she did yeah. not shut up about it. It was the
3: best idea ever. <laughs> we we knew that if we saw the commission and we were like, obviously, it was like, right, they, they've got to give it us. Then we've got to get this. Yeah. I mean, if this is the thing that we have to get. If we don't get this, then what's the point? In this, I mean? <laughs> um, so, but we were obviously struggling for ideas and we talked about, we're both quite interested in dementia and mm. autism and other things that we're talking about. And then I, I won't, and then a, a friend of mine has got, a, his, her, his sister-in-law has been nominated for our... British Empire Medal. Thanks. So they go, <laughs> so she's got this medal and she's going to go and see the Queen and everything like that. And it was for setting up these wobble rooms. And I overheard a conversation between my husband and his friend about this. And then as I, as I was sort of thinking about these ideas, I was like, that's absolutely brilliant. But this was about five in the morning. So I, then I text the idea to, to Jake on Messenger. And I'm like that over Messenger. Wake up, wake up, wake up now, wake up now. Tell me it's good, wake up. I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> um, and it sort of stemmed from there, didn't it? But what's been interesting in you? what's interesting in the development of it is that now it's nothing to do with wobble rooms at all
2: I think through the process we realised that it's more about the people that are doing this job that the personal lives they've got that they're doing this job that they don't see as heroic but I do especially they don't see it at all but they've still got a personal life to go back to after this Mm. they've got their own lives to go back to as soon as they leave those hospital doors and that's kind of what was the most endearing thing of these healthcare professionals working at Royal Oldham Hospital is that they're real people. That's what they see themselves as. They're real people doing a job. None of them want a pay rise. None of them want to politicize anything. They just want to go in, do their job, do the best that they can do, which perhaps they've not been able to do the best they can do, and then go home and try and try it again the next day.
3: We learned so much when we're listening and doing the interviews. There were so many different stories that we could tell. And I think the story, the story that we've ended up is a lovely, piece of drama which I, which I was we were debating the pair of us about how do you get drama out of a bait and how do you how do you extract that is it just a series of voices that you hear is it just this and actually what what we've been able to do is is extract three very similar but very different stories of three three nurses at different stages in their career and it does take you from it's got you know it takes you from one to start to the end in one complete story which yeah. is like wow I can't believe we've managed to do that yeah you know when you, you've got 20 odd hours of interviews to go through to uh, get into fifty minutes is it yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it might end up being a bit longer <laughs> but we've got a, we've got a wonderful cast together and the people yeah. that we spoke to were so endearing and special and they're, they are heroes I think yeah but they
0: don't see themselves as that I love it you just must be going oh that's so nice I just said that and I realized that my mic wasn't on um there's just there's something so lovely that considering that you know you've been in this like as dare to know for just over a year you've accomplished so much and you're talking to so many people and covering so many different bases and so I just want to go back to um drowning which was Dartina's debut, I want to say Thank God, my research paid off. Um, so yeah, can you tell me about drowning, what it was, how it came about, and what was your adventure actually taking out on tour in the middle of a pandemic?
2: Um, but the story is kind of semi-autobiographical of of, of my life. Um my my mum died when I was I was younger, when I was 12, I think I was. And I think since then I've been trying to come to terms with it to figure it out and try to work it out in my own head. And kind of the only real way of me doing that in a cathartic way was to write a play about it. And that was the, I think I wrote the first scene as a 15 minute piece, just as free writing almost. And then it kind of developed on there. And then there was another 50 minutes that got added on top and it ended up being an hour long one man play. But it was just a, a cathartic experience for me to get that out of me so that it's out of my head then so then it's not and performing it it's been like that as well like it's just been and some of my family have seen it and they've they've had the same feeling and you have conversations with people that have seen it in the audience and it's like the little moments that people grasp onto and take from it
3: we were sat we did like a, a like a um, a preview of it before it went anywhere I, I, I ran an acting class and I said oh let's do it in front of the, the the guys the adult actors sort of thing but you know just to see how it goes because I, I was saying some bits are funny so you need to know when the laughs are coming you need to know blah. blah, blah. anyway so we did it and then um, it was fine it all went well and we were sat in, having a, a having a beer afterwards weren't we and mm-hmm. they started talking about um, what it's like to see somebody who's dead and, and how that relates to them and when they saw their mother or when they saw their grandma and what the effect it has mm. and i think you turned around to me in the bar and went this is why i not it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like it, so it has been nice because that's that's the kind of sort of response mm. that you wanted wasn't it it's, and you wanted it really to to let people acknowledge their grief isn't it yeah. and, and and to sort of really not not hide their grief away to share their grief to stop
2: yeah and i think that's the thing with grief it's such a taboo subject for people to talk openly about and then if we can open that conversation through a play which i think the play has done and to help people come to terms with their own grief and to talk about their own grief openly in a place of no judgment then i think that's a win from the start and that's what i wrote on the arts council bit cringily, <laughs> 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 which yeah. must have worked <laughs> that that's that was the, one of the main things it's like let's get people talking about things yeah
3: and when we what when, when it's been performed and a few times it has We've, we, I think we we need to now put um, trigger warnings
2: in, don't mm. we, to make
3: sure the audience know, because we have had people who genuinely were very upset in the audience, and that's something that maybe we need
2: Not to upset in an angry way, but... No, an like, like
3: really, yeah. like, complete cathartic experience, like, absolutely in it, like... <laughs>
2: Crying dramatically on the front row, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's what the play does. It, it it makes you feel involved in what this character's doing. Like because we had somebody on the front row shouting, "Like, yeah, go on, do it, do go it!" On, then. Jake! Like, yeah, That's
3: the that's
2: But that's that's what great. it was about for us. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's move forward from that. I yeah, where yeah, you have yeah. to put a shirt on and you have to sit and be quiet for it. Let's get involved in theatre. Let's yeah, make yeah, 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 theatre yeah. a real community experience where yeah. people can join in.
3: Yeah, and it means something. And one of the nice things about Drowning, and I think no matter your own experience, is when you watch it, you can relate. You know, you can either relate to the character that Jake's playing or you can relate to the characters within it. You can relate to the father figure in there. Mm. You know, there's, 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 there's something that you as a person will connect to when you're watching that play. Yeah. Um, which is great, I think.
0: So you have something that is just so beautiful and so raw and something that really touches people. And um, how did you decide that that was the right thing to take on tour and how did you decide that it was the right time? And how did that change as the world progressed?
2: I don't think that it was ever like it was the right time. I think it was that I got funding for it. <laughs> <laughs> That was the thing that started Dare to know Theatre off that play and it was like probably if we didn't get that funded originally Dare to know wouldn't be what it is now that we're really proud to have and that was the thing that kickstarted yeah. us taking it really seriously.
3: But and that, that's what's really sad about theatre, though isn't it because it does rely on money at the end of the day, I mean we, we, we are really busy at the moment and we have been so busy since since the beginning of this year which is amazing and yeah. i can never you know was forever eternally grateful but how do you actually make money out of doing this we're in a really lucky position at this moment in time that we're not we're not having to make a massive amount of money but how many people are in that position not a lot of people and we're only lucky because you know we're, i'm in that position because i i teach and you also do work on the side as well um and we, you know you you got off drowning because that that was the funding that sort of kicked mm. t- t- the uh tour off. But having that tour then brought us to other people's attention, which obviously led to the Coliseum commission.
2: Yeah, and I think that's uh, theater can't isn't can't be made for free. It needs funding, and how many people are isolated from the industry because. They can't afford to make a show. Mm. No, can't even afford to go and see a show, never mind make one. Mm. And then so maybe in the future, how can we support people to
3: Well, that's make, what we are doing, yeah. isn't it? I mean, from the back of Drowning, which was amazing, that we, you know. we we had our launch night, which was where we invited uh, other companies to come and uh, take part in the launch night. And I think we found out, that wasn't the sort of the aim of the event, the aim of the event was to to, sort of to create this uh, creative community in Oldham and the the outside areas. But actually I think four people got work from that, Mm -hmm. which was fantastic. So one of the actresses got picked up by the Coliseum uh, two guys who've got another, they got another micro commission for the piece of work that they did. Uh, up here, productions got some connection with the Oldham College and a member of the audience got a book in from the theatre manager, <laughs> <laughs> which, which we didn't expect. But that's good that, we can able, that we we're able to do that. And we are able to do that again with the, to No Invites giving the free platform to people um to, you know test, I mean? their to test their work to see what's happening to help with those um you know those art council uh funding bids and things like that um to get a review that can mean a lot do you know what i mean just to put it on your you know this is what they said about this show
2: and to put it on application form yeah. or anything and through yeah. there's no invites we felt well, we've met so many brilliant artists from oldham that we didn't know were there yeah that, and there are artists in order, and that's, they're the people that we want to support going forward and we've been able to start um Death No Theatre mentorships with two of the artists that we met they're going to do a piece at Death No Theatre Invites and then hopefully we'll be able to support them over the next year to maybe get a full play on at the end of the year with under Death No Theatre we might be able to connect them to a theatre to put their play on but I think that's something that we want to do find these local artists and that give them a bit of a platform and to support them with their work. And I think that's something that we've been able to do. I
3: think that's just really important is that su- creating that supportive community. And, yeah. and that's more important than anything, I think, from, we were really lucky, or lucky that we got the funding from drowning and from that funding, it's been able to, it's enabled us to create this community. People take will now take, us seriously as artists, which is fantastic, because that's always the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Do you know. Um, but because of that funding, we were able to sort of put on a great play that people saw that we can actually say, this is who we are, yeah. uh, let, help us move forward, and, and they have, which is great.
2: And we just want to make the best work that we can make. Like We want to make as good a work as we can. Yeah. And so- keep improving the work that we make let's experiment with new things let's try new things Mm. let's take it to another level if we have the opportunity to do all money pending (laughs) (laughs) let's just do everything (laughs) for free let's just make it yeah (laughs)
1: I think it's so important what you say about kind of providing that network and creative community with other theatre companies because we found that when we joined um, as our own theatre company all we received from other theatre companies was just support and it was so nice because it's not a competition of who can we're all in the same boat and if we can help each other out along the way then that's a really good thing I think. So um what do you think is next for Dare to Know? H- have you got any plans that you can share?
2: So we've got the Michael Commission at Auden Coliseum that's hopefully coming out early May. That's going to be that's going to be really great. Seventh May. Oh, is that the release date? Yeah,
0: Friday the seventh oh. of May. So how's it coming out? Is it in theater or is it
3: like being filmed? It's been filmed. Being filmed. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing filming it on Saturday. And then it's being edited next week. And then I think it gets given to the Coliseum and then the Coliseum will release it on the 7th of May. I think if that's mm, what they've said.
2: Yeah. And then- We've got a community project. So we've got a week in the Grange Theatre in Autumn over the end of middle of July, I think. Um, so we're gonna do a community project there over a certain amount of nights. We've not figured it out totally yet. Uh, meeting with people from the community on Tuesday. Um, mm. we're starting something called the Oldham Collective, which this is a collective is very
1: exciting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's a collective of artists exciting. from Oldham that are hopefully going to lead and help to lead some of our community work. Yeah. Uh, that's a great group of people that we've Yeah, got. we
3: kind of like we were looking for a way of making sure that we had enough representation on the stage within Oldham, which is very difficult because there's a even though you want if you're making a play about Oldham. You've Got to be very representative of the people in Oldham. There's no point in just having so that no one story. point, one point, you know, one point of view. So we were de- we debated long and hard about this, don't we, for ages about how mm. we're going to do it. How can you make that work without putting, you know, getting token people and putting, you know what I mean? And 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 also in, the, in some of the cultures in Oldham, they're not interested in theatre per se. Do you no. know what I mean? It's not at this moment in time. I'm not saying it shouldn't or it can't, it, it's just not on their remit of what they do you know
2: what i mean and it's something that hopefully in the future that we can help develop but at this point in time it's it's not something that these cultures want to engage with massively we've been lucky enough to speak to some people yeah. and some some community groups um and to hopefully run workshops with them yeah. about storytelling and stuff like that and hopefully start that connection with people to make to yeah. involve that
3: so that's where the okay. idea from the oldest collective comes so we've got a, obviously been from old and we know lots and lots of uh, amazing artists who we've worked with in the past and on what making work with them so we've got quite a diverse group of people together and brilliant
2: people yeah really 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 really
3: talented people people. um so there's a core of the of 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 the community project so they're quite a a core group and then hopefully we're going to be able to go into the other communities of oldham and um, record their voices telling their stories so then we can sort of use the real. Stories, probably the real voices, but then merge them into uh, artists on stage, as it were. So it's not necessarily. You know what I mean, so people can be involved without that performance element because as soon as you say on stage, they're like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but their
2: story still deserves to be heard. Like yeah. they still have a story, and, and they still want to tell that story. Yeah, and it's got, I mean,
3: you, we, if we can't tell people st- the full story of old, and then there's no point in doing it. I think yeah. you know, it's got to, it's got to, it sort of encompass everything.
2: Yeah, and then in that same week, we've got Dare to Know theatre invites, which is a bit like the launch night where. We're inviting people from the local community and that's local artists too. and you guys yeah you guys, you are guys. yeah uh, we've got a really great group of yeah. of artists and theatre companies um together and that's going to be a really great night yeah. so that's kind of our plan for july
3: oh and the, oh, we're doing drowning as well because we're going to oh, get yeah, yeah so what
2: we're doing is we're, we're, we're going to record drowning
3: in the theatre so that when we we can send that out then with the tour pack to hopefully generate a, a bigger and better tour oh guys thank you so much today
0: has been an absolute laugh you are absolute gems and it's clear that you're making just fantastic work for people and thank you for letting us be a part of your work with dare to know invites and it's just been so lovely to have you on the podcast so let's leave it there for today so it's a bye from me bye
1: it's a bye from me bye